Alexander Snitker, Libertarian, Republican, and Political Hack, and Adrian Wiley, Born Again Anarchist and Political Has Been. Banter, blather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land, wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, Chairman of the Building Materials, Projectile Staging and Logistics Committee, the Westchester Florida Guild of Professional Anarchists, Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? You know, I'm a little off right now, and I think I You're actually, clearly off right hold now. Hold on, and I think I've figured it all out as to why. Yeah. So, this morning when I woke up, I did not lay all my clothes out first. Okay. And I am not wearing the pair of pants that are part of the new uniform. Okay. So, I'm wearing a different pair of pants today. I'm wearing a different shirt that's part of the uniform. I don't like my underwear, and I don't like my socks. I'm wearing things that I shouldn't, that I didn't want to wear, because the laundry wasn't completed. And I think that's why I'm off. I think I figured <laughs> it out. Okay. <laughs> Normally, I would say that uh, that makes absolutely no sense. But knowing you with your um, obsessive col- uh, compulsive disorder, that, that's highly plausible. I mean, because you are definitely off today. You've had entire conversations in your head. Which you thought I was actually, you know, we were actually having a conversation about things that it, it never happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So no, no, uh, I got you. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it's definitely it, your your OCD is actually manifesting itself at this point, kind of like a mild uh, case of schizophrenia. So, you know, do you want to know something funny, by the way, do you hmm. know when I leave here, I'm immediately going to Sam's Club and I'm buying a brand new pair of pants and <laughs> just to have one extra <laughs> and, and I'm going to yeah. go home and put that on. <laughs> Jesus, dude. <laughs> you know, if Sam's Club sold the socks that I like, I would buy the socks, too. Yeah. Unfortunately, they don't. Oh, where do you have to go to get those? Uh, I got those last time at Target. Okay, so I may have. So to you're go. probably making two trips, aren't you? Well, I think I think if I if I change the shirt and the pants, I think I'm going to be okay. <laughs> like I think I can handle. What about the underwear? No, I again I don't like this underwear per se, but like I think I can deal if the as long as the, all the other stuff's working. Right, especially the shirt and the pant and the pants. So I'll be out twenty bucks. Yeah, I. Uh, all it takes is twenty bucks. I'm a cheap uniform, so I I just think that there's. Uh, Maybe there's a therapist out there <laughs> that can help we you. We tried that before. They, a, a psychiatrist, no, perhaps. We, we tried I, I think before. we might be actually tried, beyond therapy no, we at tried this point. That before. We, tried we that need before. some real psychoanalysis. Well, I was know. thinking like a, some psychedelic drugs and a shaman. Possibly, I'm I'm leaning more towards like shock treatment. <laughs> Maybe a lobotomy. <laughs> You think the lobotomy is going to increase the fucking IQ? Or uh, the IQ? It can't hurt. <laughs> oh, shit. So there you go. Okay, so hold on. Let me get to first things first. We have not set up a time for the next brew tour date. However, it is in the works. 
We are working on. Um, you, hang on a second. You say this like we've been plugging this thing for weeks now. You know, as if everybody's supposed to know. You told me about this like eight minutes ago. Okay, listen. <laughs> and you're mad at me because I couldn't set a date I, within that eight minute time frame. Hold on a second here. I'm not mad at you. I didn't say anything that was angering towards you. I wasn't blaming okay, you. It's, you told on yourself. I would say you. I was trying to cover for you. You're frustrated. And you tell on because yourself. I was concerned that I'm this not, was one no, of those no. conversations that you know in your mind we've already had, which wouldn't surprise me at this point. Well, that's a I'm good not point. sure what's going on in Just that melon right now. Situation right now, <laughs> situation. and my and my my shirt situation right now. And I wish I was kidding to thinking it's not it. <laughs> it's, I actually totally, totally think right it. now, like it oh, just it hit me, like yeah. as you as you were doing the intro and i'm like it's my fucking pants and my shirt that's the fucking problem folks this isn't a bit <laughs> this is not a bit because i mean it's kind of a bit but it's, it's, it's true it, it's not really a bit. No. Well, like, we're not lying no like no, we're not, not exagger- even remotely. not even exaggerating really most of the time when you hear us speak we're flat out lying no doubt about that but right now uh we are actually telling the truth i think about we tell the truth more than we lie <laughs> yeah. i gotta tell you i like to keep i really guessing. think that we tell the truth more than we lie. This, this show to me is like playing poker you know i, I don't want them to know what you don't you want know. Them i don't want to know want them to know what i really have hopefully you, know? you don't got a vibrator in there if I can. <laughs> I, that i keep in the back door you yeah, know I got you. Yeah. there's an article that it was actually on drudge about this what's that I mean, I didn't. Well, put are it in you segueing to something? I don't know I, what you're talking you know, about. Honestly, I didn't mean to. <laughs> See, that's the problem. Right? Yeah, that's the fucking problem. Go right change there. your fucking underwear, will you? Yeah, right. So it was a pro a pro poker player accused of using hitting vibrating device. Oh yeah, to help her win a hundred and thirty thousand dollar hand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, there's accusations of that in the uh, the World Grandmaster Chess Championship too. You know, they, yeah. so they were accused of him having some type of buzzer in his shoe or something like that. You know, yeah, yeah, a lot of that going on. You know, wow. So, at any rate, though, so it, it's just been a weird week, too. Yeah, it has been an exceptionally weird week, no doubt about that. You know, I, you know first off, we were gonna make a bet, and I really should have taken. The you should have taken the bet, actually. Yeah. You know what? I lost faith in the bubble, and in I the bubble. Yeah, in the Tampa Bay bubble. Oh, right. Yeah. I lost faith. So for those of you that don't know, Hurricane Ian uh, was supposed to hit Tampa Bay, but took a right and destroyed Fort Myers and the surrounding areas around Fort Myers. Not only that, caused a bunch of flooding up up the coast or up the uh, yeah, up the it's, state. It's it's absolutely devastating, especially for uh, like there's new flooding going on right now as we speak. Yeah, up in uh, near like Kissimmee and stuff. Oh, right. Yeah, the because all the river, uh, you know, excess river, uh, both the rainwater and the skir- uh, the backflow of the surge and. Yeah. yeah, it's this storm really affected the entire state, it, except for us. Like you said, the bubble. You know, dude. It, thank, thank the uh, Tokobaga tribe uh, because they have protected us from storms for uh, many, many years. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, it, it, here's the thing. Look, don't get me wrong. Look, I look at the state of Florida, and I think that the Tampa Bay area is naturally a safer place, and the reason is is that. The way that hurricanes come in, it's hard. Like, there's only one angle. There's only one lane you can take to actually direct hit Tampa. Well, not necessarily because, uh, you know, they hit the panhandle. They hit southwest Florida all the time. And you would think that since Pinellas County is, like, sticking out further than the rest of the West Coast, it would be more susceptible. But uh, for some reason, 
we very, very rarely get uh, direct landfalls. We get direct hits every now and again, but it's usually from but it's ones ang- that have already been inland. But from Fort Myers on up, it's angled, though. Right. So because of that, it's gonna it, it turns first before it gets here. It always does. It's angled. What does that mean? So Fort Myers, and then it comes, you know, the coast keeps going west, northwest. Right. Well, which is sticking out further into the Gulf. So you would think that on on northerly tracks that, uh, you know, the Tampa Bay area would get hit more often. Yeah, but it's got to be a perfect angle for that to work. Well, it's got to be a perfect angle for it to hit anywhere. Well, no, it doesn't have to be a perfect angle for it anywhere. It hits Fort Myers all fucking time. Well, no, not not really. I mean, the the last, uh, well, no, they have they have had a few minor ones, but the last major Everyone one that they was had, supposed to hit us well, was always hits them. Actually, uh, the the last major one that was projected to hit us was Charlie in two thousand four, and again, uh, we went to bed that night and thinking that you know we we're gonna be awakened at two o'clock in the morning with a Cat Four storm. And it took a hard right and, uh, you know, ended up hitting, uh, going into Charlotte Harbor, you yeah. know, uh, Port Charlotte, Punta Gorda, which were uh, drastically affected by this storm, but not nearly as badly as Sanibel, Captiva. Um, I haven't heard anything from Boca Grande yet, but I have to imagine it's pretty bad there. Yeah. Uh, Pine Island, uh, Fort Myers Beach, uh, basically those places are damn near destroyed. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, like uh, Sanibel and Captiva are both islands and there's only one route out. Uh, to those islands well, and there was there was only one route yeah there's only one land route and it, it's been destroyed the the bridge is collapsed and the the causeway because uh, it's a long bridge and causeway yeah um the causeway has been actually it's gone the land mass is no longer there yeah you know um so it, it's uh yeah it's it's pretty devastating there and the, and, the, and the bad part is is because this track was set to go for the tampa bay area for so long fewer people evacuated from those areas you know because they had less time once they realized yeah once once the track shifted to them that they didn't have a lot of time to get out Well, there were people that actually and again (laughs) look for some of these new people in florida let this be a a lesson for you by the way so when you got to escape the tampa bay area going down to fort myers ain't a path like that's not an escape route no that's that's a bad idea if it's a gulf storm worst idea Yeah, yeah so north north go north young man or east or east. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah, though it, east wouldn't have helped you this time either. Well, it, it would have because obviously the effects on the east coast were not as severe. But, you know, it, really this affected like 70% of the state to some degree or another. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's Tampa was. But, yeah, really, our hearts go out to the, the folks down in southwest Florida. And, oh, you yeah. know, it's, it's just devastating. No, yeah. it sucks, man. I remember being out on uh, Sanibel and Captiva after Charlie, not too long after Charlie. And it was amazing because those areas are like pine forests essentially you know um and uh, uh you know a lot of cypress and things like that and there was all all the trees were still standing but they were completely devoid of any vegetation any leaves or anything yeah. like that it was just like a bunch of sticks standing up and of course some of them were snapped off and turned over and everything like that but it was just like it, it was amazing down there and I, this one was even worse than uh than charlie was so oh yeah no those people are going to be hurting for a long time oh yeah yeah it's never going to be quite the same now you know this does bring up a couple things though by the way Hmm. because the first one's going to be like the destruction the cost that goes along with this but also like the insurance right so now citizens insurance which is the one most floridians have because Mm -hmm. the the government policy let's just say right it's it's a well 
No, honestly, it's it, it, honestly the insurance problem we have is more of a banking problem than anything else. Well, it's that they're not. In my opinion, the problem we have on the insurance side is that they are not accurately uh, rating the coastal areas. They should pay way more in insurance than they're paying. Well, they shouldn't be forced to carry insurance to begin with. Well, okay, I'll give you that right there. But if you're not if you're not going to carry insurance and your house gets destroyed, then you're just fucked. Right. And if you have a mortgage on that house, you know, then here's what should happen. Here's what should honestly happen is the bank should stop requiring insurance for a mortgage and just essentially absorb the risk themselves and say, look, okay, if you buy on the water, you're going to pay, you know, two and a half points higher in an interest rate. And then if there is some type of, uh, you know, catastrophic event, uh, they still have some risk protection. You know, Um, again, the owners of those properties would still be on the hook for the mortgage. You know, so they may want to protect themselves. But really, the, the, the whole concept of insurance is a scam, honestly. You know, uh, there are far weather, uh, better ways to go about it. And one of those ways is even saying, well, if I lose my house, I'll just declare bankruptcy and start over. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, seriously, if I've got a mortgage type of thing, yeah, yeah. you know, um, look, yeah, go ahead and foreclose on that, you know, empty well, lot that's bank, underwater. Here's the thing. If you're a bank, you could require that in order to get this note, there's got to be some protection for you for the money. Right, which they do. That's why there's yeah. the insurance. Yeah, you know. Um, but what I'm saying is that having that as a, a completely separate entity, and then having the government come in and having to, you know, backfill it essentially with citizens' insurance. Uh, really, so many of our problems could be solved in this country if you know. And I'm not one for passing laws, but I would love to see a law that says insurance is outlawed. Period. End of story. <laughs> there can be no such thing Figure as insurance. Out another way to do it. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I swear that would it would cause some major problems for a very small subset of the people. But for the vast majority of people, it would completely eliminate a, a, a huge number of problems. Yeah. You know, so it's well, it's just now. And the second thing is this. I think at this point, though, if you're going to live on the coast. Boy, you better build better. You better you better build a better house than what you're building. Well, that's the thing is is uh, ironically, a lot of the houses in Sanibel and Captiva, even though the island is completely destroyed, a lot of those houses are still standing. It's not like on uh, Pine Island and Fort Myers Beach, and the reason that is is. On average, those houses on Sanibel and Captiva are, are, are million-dollar homes or better, and they're built to extremely high, um, you know, uh, hurricane uh, levels. Like for example, I I have uh, my brother-in-law's family had a, uh, a mansion essentially on uh, on Sanibel Island, and uh, it um, was destroyed in Charlie. Yeah. And they had to rebuild it completely. And when they rebuilt it, it was built like a fortress. So I'm sure that house is still standing. Uh, But seeing some of the aerial footage, it looks like there's a lot of the houses that have not been destroyed, unlike other places in Fort Myers Beach, which is still a high dollar neighborhood, but not to the same quite level. Yeah. Um, a lot of those houses are destroyed because they're older homes and weren't necessarily built to the, the, you know, the, the protocols and all that. But yeah. because Sanibel and Captiva recently had, you know, in 2004, had a, a major storm come through and destroy a lot of houses, they've all been built to the, the highest level of, you know, um, uh, hurricane uh, uh, tolerance, if, if you will. So I think that that goes a long way towards perhaps eliminating the need for insurance. If you build your house well enough, you know, 
probably don't need it. And they're all elevated, of course, so the flooding doesn't affect Well, yeah, them, yeah. You know. And that's the other thing. You can't build. Well, and I think this is a rule now, though. You can't rebuild a house now in some of those areas unless you put it on stilts. That's true. That, and that's true. And it has to be Cat 5 rated. Yeah. You know? And that's true pretty much everywhere on the coastal areas of Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like you still see a lot of smaller ho- houses that aren't on those things, but that's just because those are older houses and they don't have to rebuild that house yet. They right. just wait till it gets destroyed. Yeah, and and that's what I think the rule is: is if it's uh, up to, uh, if it's fifty percent or over uh, damaged, uh, it has to be completely you know uh, demolished and rebuilt. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's a, again a terrible terrible situation here in florida uh we basically went through unscathed um oh totally it, it just yeah it, nothing here it was uh it was windy uh for a like couple fence, of days fences were down yeah limbs Debris down here and there everywhere you know Some you had power to clean outages. up yeah you had to clean up the, yeah but a lot more power outages around than i thought there were going to be though yeah that's another weird thing like it didn't hit us that bad and for the power structure to be that weak well, it's like that it couldn't withstand the winds that it was getting it was, the re- was a little bit of a like a kind of a heads up, though, or like a little bit of a, a like, what the hell are you people doing? How long you fucking lived here, man? No, I'm just saying. Yeah, that's that's what it's always like. One of the primary reasons for that is uh, what you have is you have a lot of, uh, you know, uh, branches and trees near power lines. They get wet. They get saturated. Uh, they brush up against two of the different contact points, two of the different uh, live wires in the the you know overhead power lines, and they basically short out the system, so blow a transformer. So that sort of thing happens a lot. So yeah. it's not necessarily that the poles are coming down or anything like that. It's just that wet debris and limbs blowing back and forth make contact, create a short circuit, and then, you know, uh, overpower, uh, you know, will blow a transformer or, or you know, one of the... the uh, uh, switching stations or something yeah. like that so that's the kind of thing that happens and and it's real common for even a you know we lose power in a tropical storm it's it's pretty standard you know and we get a lot of those so let me, i want to tell you a little one thing though so wednesday morning mm-hmm. i'm i i tuesday night i go out and i do you know and i do uber right and i'm going to a driver and taking people around and stuff like that but i had forgotten that danielle had asked me to stop by a place uh like an airbnb to put sandbags in their like on in their front and like where where their door is where their back door is and stuff in like this condo community right and so i get all the way back home and on wednesday morning when i get all the way back home like i realize i'm not going out wednesday night right so i start partying like you know wednesday morning party time you know (laughs) right we're day drinking yeah storm coming yeah (laughs) so as soon as I get yeah, once you get back to the house and you batten down, it's like all right. Like it's though, time. I stayed clear headed through the whole thing because I, you know, I had clients that I had to deal with and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Well, I didn't have to. Yeah. So, but then Danielle comes to me and she's like, "You got to go down there and get this house done." I'm like, "What?" And then I remember she told me, even though she never did send me the information. So again, I'm not going to place blame on this one as to who's at fault here. Either way, I got to go. Right. So luckily, John's at the house, and I'm like, "John, can you drive down there?" And he's like, yeah, I can drive down there. We drive from, so this is where this place was. You know where the Bayside Bridge is, right? You know where McMullen Booth is, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. So you know how you can make the U-turn at McMullen Booth just before the Bayside Bridge? Yeah. And there's some condos on the right right there? Yeah. There. Yeah. So I got to go from my house in Port Ritchie all the way down there. Right. On Wednesday morning. Right. 
Let me tell you how beautiful <laughs> of a drive that actually was. Right. Yeah. No one, like very, very few cars are on the road at oh, this yeah. point. And we're going all the way down. You, we didn't have, like there was a certain point where we're just not stopping at all. Now, it's raining out. It's windy out. But it's all within tolerable levels. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Very beginning of any of the problems that are going on. Man, what a beautiful drive that was. Oh, man. yeah. Oh, yeah. And my mindset, again, not good for driving, but as a passenger, fucking A. <laughs> right. Was that a good fucking drive there? Right? Yeah. So we go down there, handle business, come back. But yeah, it is nice to drive uh, during storms or, you know, right before or right after when the roads are completely empty. I remember after Irma, which was the last. Uh, Major storm that we got. It it really the Bay Area only got pretty much high category one, low category two conditions, which were bad. And, yeah, you yeah. know that we were without power for days. And but after that, you know, uh, being out on the roads because I had to be not what because I was out sightseeing, but um, being out on the roads, there was like so little traffic and all the traffic lights were out, and it was probably the fastest commute. I've ever had <laughs> in my entire life because people got the traffic lights, so a four-way stop, you know, so normally you'd catch a light, you yeah. know, and it, you know, you're there for four minutes, right? This was like, you know, 15 seconds at each light. Oh, yeah. It was just like wonderful. Oh, you know? yeah, no. Because yeah, the lights were all out. I will also tell you right now that night driving has completely ruined me. Oh, yeah? For traffic? Totally ruined me. Yeah. Like, I, I do not like... Not only do I not like traffic, but now I am old man speed. I don't like to go more than five miles over the speed limit. Well, you're kind of an old man. I guess so. Yeah. But I see all these cars flying around all the time, and I feel myself getting angry of like... Well, you're going to get in a fucking accident. You fucking keep driving like that so fast. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Here we go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I don't say nothing to these people, but like, I'm I'm, I'm judging them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally judging them. You're five years away from the early bird special, man. I might be. <laughs> I fucking might be, dude. Like, seriously, though, I can't believe it. Like, I'm sitting here driving around. Like, I, again, I drive at night. When you drive at night, I don't drive fast at night. And the reason why is because I don't want to get pulled over by the cops. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the primary reason that I stay within a few miles over the speed limit is because i don't want to be fucked with by cops yeah yeah but now i'm used to driving like that though so this friday though i was like you know what i'm gonna drive during the day right i'm just gonna go ahead and do it i'm gonna go to the airport airport's supposed to open at 10 a.m drive for uber you're saying yeah i'm gonna yeah. go yeah and i'm gonna do it during the day now there was a lot of traffic out on friday but it wasn't work traffic it was right. different yeah but it was a little fucking crazy like people just were dr and this is what i don't people get. were scared no, no, no. Oh, on Friday? Yeah, 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 on, yeah. no, no. People right. weren't scared on Friday. People were driving like fucking maniacs on fucking Friday yeah. with lights out. Yeah. Like, they're just blowing fucking lights, right? Like, they, they said treat every broken light as a four-way stop, right? right? Yeah. Okay, well, there's some people that just weren't doing that. Shit. <laughs> All right. That were just like, I'm just going to drove through, and I'm, I'm like, like, I keep seeing them going, like, what the fuck are you people doing? Well, you know, sometimes I've noticed that with traffic lights uh, that are out, um, you know, after a storm, that some intersections... You get the same flow as if there was a traffic light. People do it naturally. Like, yeah. it'll flow one direction for a while, and everybody will go through, and then eventually someone will stop, and then it'll go the other direction for a while. And folks will even figure out the turn cycles. Yeah. And I've seen that a lot of times happen organically, and it's it's very impressive to know that that people working collect, and there's always a couple assholes that kind of blow the... Yeah, oh no. But for the most part, 
people just acting collectively will go ahead and just handle it correctly. And it, and the funny thing is, in, in those situations, you have to be very alert and, and really be paying attention. Oh, yeah. But the flow is better than when the traffic lights are working. At times there were. Yeah. Like, you know, one intersection that was out was Hillsborough and Memorial. Oh, big are one. Are you familiar oh, with yeah. that one? Yeah. That one. That's a major. That was a light out. No cop to no cop directing traffic. Right. Yeah. And for the most part, it still worked. I had a guy with me in the car. He's like, you know, man, you're just going to have to get out there, dude. Get out there. What do you mean? Like I was in the turn lane and he's like, you know what? You're just going to have to get out there. Play chicken with him. <laughs> right. All right. <laughs> this is why you're Ubering, dude. <laughs> what happened to your license? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but again, there's still the Tampa Bay area for the most part is okay. We're completely fine. Yeah, we're fine. And, you know, it's, but I will say this though, there are some people that are very much hurting right now. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I want to find something I can do to be at least. I was helpful. thinking the same way. And it's, I, I was thinking about maybe going down there on Sunday to see if I could help out. But it's like, how are you going to get there? It's like I, I don't have a boat to get to any of these people. Well, yeah, uh, and you I know think that is that sometimes if you go down there, you could be more trouble than good. That's what I'm thinking. I don't want to be in the way. I don't want to just be another sightseer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That because that just come on, man. You know, let let the people deal with their shit. Uh, but what's interesting is most of the rescues going on now are all by uh, you know civilians. Yeah, you know, uh, they got the the Cajun uh, Navy down there. Um, they've got that other, uh, I forget the name of the other group, but it's, it's led by, uh, a bunch of, uh, well, the, the, the founder of it is a, uh, a former, uh, special forces, U S army special forces guy. Um, and just a bunch of ex military guys with boats going out there and, you know, rescuing people off of Sanibel, Captiva, Pine Island. Those are the ones that are, those are the, the barrier islands that are now isolated by land because the bridges were taken out yeah like um, we're looking at a dunkirk yeah exactly exactly uh, and in fact that what was the operation name uh of dunkirk um that's actually what the that particular group is uh the name of the group is because that's what they do they go into all these situations where people need to be evacuated even into war zones and they evacuate them by boat um so but uh, anyway, uh, you know, hats off to all those folks, uh, the federal government, you know, the state government. Um, <laughs> Dynamo. Dynamo. That's it. Operation yeah. Dynamo. Yeah. So and that's the name of the, this uh, this groups that's uh, down there helping people. But, you know, it is amazing how often the first responders um, are just people wanting to help. You yeah. Know? And, you know, that's another thing that really pissed me off is that. Um, throughout the state, essentially, they stopped all um, uh, first responders, all rescuers, all 911, after the winds hit 45 miles an hour. Okay. So cops won't go out. Um, you know, firefighters won't go out. Uh, you know, ambulances, paramedics won't go out after the when, – when the winds are higher than 45 miles an hour. Now <laughs> – that's absolutely ridiculous. 45 mile an hour winds are nothing, you know. I mean, yeah, you're in a high profile vehicle, you got to be careful, but there's no reason that they should say, "Oh, when the winds hit 45 miles an hour, first responders aren't going out." That's utter bullshit. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've been out driving in 45 mile an hour winds. You know, I've been out driving in, you know, 70 mile an hour winds, and it's it's not great, but if someone's life is on the line, I mean, come on, 
Yeah. Do you agree with that? You mean that the police and that fire rescue should stop at 45 miles an hour? That Well, that's what they do. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So let me, let me, let's, let's unpack this a little bit. here. Okay. There is a number, right? That mm-hmm. they, that, that you would be okay with them stopping at, right? Yeah. I like would, if it's 150, you're definitely not I, going out there. I, well, yeah, clearly. Yeah. Clearly. That's, that's just, you know. At 100, you're not going out there. I would probably say that if it's over 75 miles an hour sustained, which is hurricane force winds, maybe, but I, I look, but you're I, saying 45. No, that's, is that's too just low. stupid. That's just stupid. It's too low. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a windy day. You know what I'm saying? Well, 45 is a pretty good win though. Well, yeah, it's a windy, it's a very windy day. And sustained 45 is, you know, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. I, I don't know. I, I, I really, yeah. I, I think I want to agree with you. Yeah. But I don't. To me, that's just another one of these things that the people who are, quote unquote, the heroes that risk their lives for everyone else. The bottom line is that they they really treat their lives as more valuable than yours. You know, and I think we see that over and over again. And look, I don't want any first responders to, uh, you know, unreasonably risk their lives for someone who was being stupid. You know, I, I, I get that. But by the same token, I don't think going out in 45 miles an hour wind in a vehicle is, you know, a, a ridiculous thing to ask uh, for someone whose job it is to protect the public. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, it, it, yeah, it's not no, like I know. Like I know yeah. the overall point that you're trying to make here. Yeah. And in in some ways, I agree with you. I do think that there is some kind of balance that you have to have. Right. Like I don't know where I don't know where the line is. Look, but I do think that you have to put. Look, if you're going to be look again, they're heroes, right? Well, uh, like, hold on, let me, let go me ahead. finish. Yeah. That. They're heroes, right? Yeah. Well, you know what? Heroes sometimes do things that are dangerous. <laughs> right. Right. So if you want the moniker then you got to earn the moniker. Right. And I think that saying 45 is probably. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. Look, sometimes you're going to have to put yourself in danger because people make stupid decisions, though. Right. Like that happens all the time. Exactly. Actually, that's pro- that's that, that you could put that as part of your job. Well, actually, in that case, then I am a hero uh, because I was out in more than 45 mile an hour winds uh, during the storm, making sure that uh, all my clients' networks and systems were secured and properly powered down. Yeah. And, and then immediately uh, afterwards, as you know, this, the winds were still whipping, uh, making sure they were powered up, you know, and I have government facilities that I'm going to. So I'm literally going to these like town halls and like the the <laughs> where the where the police headquarters is yeah okay to get their networks back up online when they won't go out to rescue people yeah you yeah know what I'm saying? I, no 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 I'm, yeah. I, I'm feeling you on this one yeah. I, i'm feeling you on this I, and one. It, it, again I, from my perspective it's another way of controlling the population okay so it's it's essentially a punishment it's like a punishment to a child from government saying, well, you didn't evacuate when we told you you were supposed to. So we're going to leave you there to die. And that's kind of the attitude they I think they have with it. You know, well, I mean, I think they would say is that we're not like they gave people. Oh, I can't believe I'm going to defend them on this one. If they gave people fair warning that we're not going to go out after this amount of time. And then they and then they say, you know, basically you're on your own. Right. That is kind of saying the same thing, but it's just it seems like a nicer way of saying it, I guess. Right. But 
at the same time, I, look, I do think that there comes a point where everybody's hunkered down. You got to stay, you know, you stay where you're at at that point, and that includes those guys, right? But I don't know where that line is, and I don't, and I, I but I don't think it's at 45, though. You know, honestly, here's where I think the line should be. Okay, where I would not personally go out to help a stranger. If if I'm saying that the risk to my life is too great to help that stranger, um, then uh, that I think would be a reasonable bar. But I got to tell you, my personal bar for doing that, and I'm not some you know Superman or superhero or anything like that. I think I'm just kind of an average person with an average level of empathy for others, right? Yeah. I would definitely, without question, if I knew you know, a neighbor needed help or someone I, you know, even someone I didn't know, you know, I come across a situation and it's, you know, hurricane force winds. I'm going to help. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, you just do that. So for them to say that, you know, we're the guys whose job it is to do that, to not do it. It's just, it's insane to me. Yeah. And I think that you would find that firefighters and paramedics would be far, far more willing to risk their lives in those situations than police. I think that the individuals that are part of those organizations, their tolerance is way higher than what their bosses are telling them that their tolerance is. I would say it's it's much lower for cops, though, because I, I just don't think cops in general... Their whole mindset, they don't place as high a value on on the public, the the, the welfare of the public well, as I you think, know, others well, do. Well, because I think you have way too many of them out at this point that actually show disdain towards the public. Right. right. Uh, prime example, we'll, we'll segue real quick to yeah. that story out of Colorado. Okay. Oh, you want to go there first? Just yeah, because it ties yeah, in so yeah, perfectly. Yeah. So uh, in Colorado this week, uh, there was a woman who was a suspect in a road rage incident. No one was hurt. But apparently she, you know, brandished a firearm. Okay. All right. No injuries, nothing like that. So uh, police, you know, find her. They pull her over. She pulls, she turns down a side street and pulls over. Okay. The cop ends up parking on railroad tracks. Okay. To pull her over. And of course they do the guns drawn, hands out the windows, all that. And it's, you know, it's just this woman. She's got a car seat in the back seat. No kids in the car, but, you know. um, And so they arrest her. They put her in cuffs put her in the back seat of this cruiser that is parked on the railroad tracks. I think you can figure out what happens next. <laughs> yeah. A train comes along, hits the cruiser, you know, and here's the thing. They're searching her car while she's in the back seat of the cruiser and it, 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 you've got body cam footage of it. You can hear the train horn in the background like yeah. for a while. It's like the, the train horn is blowing and they just do nothing, you know, and again, either they're grossly negligent, which clearly they were grossly negligent, but how stupid do you have to be to not realize that you're parked on a railroad tracks? Now, I get it. In the heat of the moment, you're pulling someone over. You think they have her gun. Maybe you stop on the railroad tracks at that moment. But how, once you have that person cuffed and put them in the back seat, do you not realize that the vehicle is still parked on the railroad tracks and not move the vehicle? Yeah. You know? So, of course, this woman has multiple injuries you know she she's got hit by a fucking train <laughs> right right well fortunately she was in the other side of the vehicle from the direction the train was coming oh yeah that helps that it does help because the one side of the the vehicle was completely crushed if she was there she would have been 
absolutely dead. Yeah. But she survived with some very serious injuries, a whole bunch of broken bones, a broken sternum, eight broken ribs, you know, broken Which, legs. Here's the thing. Broken, shouldn't have happened. Right. So, it, yeah, it never should have happened. And it, it's just pure stupidity. But it, it makes me wonder if those cops realized that they were parked on a railroad track and just didn't care. Yeah. Okay, so there's either two scenarios. Right. Either they parked on there and they didn't care. Right. Or that they're just not bright enough to realize what they did. And I don't know which is worse. And, and here, <laughs> But either way, they should be fired. Yeah. Instantly. Yeah, and they won't be. No, they won't be. Yeah. Now, lo- sometimes, sometimes, though, luckily, when something really bad happens, somebody actually does resign. So... This happened. Las Vegas bomber serving life sentence for murder escapes from prison. A convicted bomber serving a life sentence for a deadly 2007 blast in the Las Vegas Strip escaped from a Nevada prison after reportedly leaving a dummy in his cell and his absence was not discovered until days later. <laughs> days? Days. With an S. I, I can understand, you know, eight hours, ten hours, you know, you think he's sleeping, you know, but uh, days? Days. <laughs> yeah, it's a little negligent, I would say. Come on, dude. This is any like. Here's the thing. I stuck this in your in your thing, but I actually was going to put this in the uh, idiocracy uh, dystopian future chart, right? Because this is idiocracy. Yeah, you guys are fucking morons. How the like? Here's the thing. Don't you do counts? Like you do counts, don't you, to confirm everybody's there? Like, how in the fuck? Did you not know until days later that this fucking guy was done? So now the head of the Nevada Corrections Department has resigned, you know, by the governor, you know, request or whatever. So is this guy still on the lam or what? No, they got him. They got him. I think, okay. they, got, I think they got him. Yeah. But it, it, the thing about it is this, though, man. Like, are you fucking kidding me? You know, like, I just. I, I, <laughs> yeah, that is. You pretty... look at it and you're just like. How did he escape? I don't know. Yeah, a dummy, and probably said no. You're supposed to let me out, <laughs> right? <laughs> <You know>? Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm scheduled to be released today. Okay, <laughs> yeah, here you go. You're stupid in the wrong line. <laughs> oh Jesus! And this guy was a, uh, a a mass murderer. He set off a bomb in Las Vegas. I don't actually remember that uh, event. I don't. I, I yeah. vaguely think I remember something like this, but I don't yeah. know for sure though. But at any rate, that was just I, when I saw that part was. You know, uh, one other thing about the storm. Let me get back to the storm, though. There was a couple other things about the storm. Okay. One, the Indian mounds are obviously protecting us. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. That's an old legend. Um, but uh, uh, the Tokobaga Indians, uh, which were the Indians, uh, the Indian tribe that lived in Pinellas County up until the Spaniards came and kind of wiped them out. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, there, there was an old legend in Tampa Bay that the the chief of this tribe blessed the area, uh, preventing it from you know being direct hit uh, from any um, hurricanes. Hurricanes, and uh, actually the the mounds are well they're all over Pinellas, but most of them been you know paved over at this point. Yeah. But the ones that they preserved, uh, especially the biggest one, uh, is in Safety Harbor, which was also a a pirate uh, haven. Yeah. Uh, back in the day. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting because you know there seems to be <laughs> something to it because we just don't go hit get hit. But you know the funny thing is 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 that uh, particular tribe or actually the the ancestors of that particular tribe arrived here in 
uh, about 14,000 years ago, yeah. somewhere around 12,000 B.C., uh, according to the arche- archaeological finds. Actually, I've been out at uh, Philippi Park, where the biggest of the uh, uh, Tokobaga uh, Indian mounds are, yeah. uh, when uh, an archaeology team w- from USF was excavating one of the sites. And I hung out with them for a while, you know, just talking to them and everything like that. Um, very fascinating stuff. But anyway, uh, so that tribe has actually been here since Tampa was about 150 miles inland because they came here uh, during the last ice age uh, when sea levels were 300 feet uh, lower than they are today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I always find it interesting not to totally change subjects, but, you know, here we are back in those days, Tampa Bay was a freshwater spring. It was more of a lake actually. Yeah. And, uh, uh you know, so they settled on this lake. Uh, but, uh, the interesting thing is, is that Florida was about three times as, as wide as it is today because of, you know, the, the ice age. So all the water in the ocean was, uh, wrapped up in the ice caps. There was a glacier down to Tennessee. And during that time, during that 10,000-year period uh, from from about 10,000 B.C. to, well, maybe about 8,000 B.C. Uh, to uh, approximately the year zero uh, A.D., 2,000 years ago, yeah. well, 2022 years ago, um, sea level was rising about a half inch a year. Yeah, you know, and now the whole global warming, uh, you know, man-made global warming, um, you know, so man's contribution to it now that, you know, back in those days, the worst thing was, you know, you had a, a couple thousand people who were, uh, you know, had had cooking fires. Yeah. You know. Now with with all this man-made stuff that we're putting in the atmosphere, sea level is rising by a couple of millimeters a decade yeah <laughs> you know? and we're all to, to blame for it so I, I find it fascinating when you actually look at the archaeological evidence of of you know how <laughs> sea level was rising a half inch per year for eight thousand years and now it's rising millimeters a decade and man's to blame yeah <laughs> well, it, it's the arrogance there though. right it's the arrogance yeah. to think it's and, the same it's the same arrogance where they've straightened rivers out and they wonder when they have fucking right. problems and i get it I'm, I'm sure that you know we are contributing some greenhouse gases i'm sure it does have some minor effect on climate but in the grand scheme of things we're just along for the ride yeah. You know, the earth did that all without us, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's very that's within the scope of human history. And we had no capability like at that time, 10,000 years ago, year 8000 B.C., mankind, the entirety of mankind's uh, carbon output would have been similar to one major wildfire in the Ocala National Forest. Yeah. And that's all of humanity across the planet. Yeah, you know, I mean, just well. And it, look, if you have a if you have a volcano that erupts, right, the amount of particulate matter that goes up in the air, right, is 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 greater than what we're putting out now. Yeah, yeah, like in a year. Yeah, right. Like it ha- Like it, it's just one of those things I mean, where you they. <laughs> What they do, these people, especially the ones that are the the the, the alarmist, especially right. the ones that are pointing towards this hurricane now, being like, "Oh, well, this is because I've, of climate change." I've and, heard so much of that shit, which I, is it's bullshit, just, right? Like, here's the thing: Are you telling me that bad storms haven't fucking hit Florida before? Well, that's what they say. Like, everyone's saying this is the fifth worst hurricane to ever hit, you know, uh, Florida. Okay, and I'm thinking ever. 
Well, okay, maybe in the last 100 years. Yeah, since you've been recording it. But maybe even in the last 150 years, because, you know, back then, even people had, people had no idea a storm was coming. Yeah. But when it hit, they could kind of figure out how bad it was. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have any of the capabilities to actually record the data. So at best, we have data, and even anything prior to the last 75 years is probably not very reliable data, mm-hmm. okay? For maybe 150 years. So how the hell can you say in this four billion year old planet that this is the fifth worst storm to ever hit Florida? Look, was because it, you have no idea what happened before that. Now here's the thing: was it bad? Yeah. Did it cause damage? Yeah. Oh yeah. It, but you oh know yeah, what? it's it, hurricanes do though. Now another thing: I, I'm not I'm not disparaging the damage because people people have died. Oh, absolutely. Huge loss of life, billions in damage. You know, places that are not going to be the same for decades. Yeah. Um, you know, but having said that. In the geological, in the historical uh, context, you know, to say, "Oh yeah, this is this is man-made global warming." Call- <laughs> Just shut the hell up. Yeah, you know, you have no no scientific context for that, no historical context for that, no geological context for that. Yeah, it's just ridiculous the things that just get repeated and repeated and repeated on the media. You know. Uh-huh. Well, no, and and for them to point it like, well, you know, this is because, uh, you know, DeSantis doesn't believe in global warming. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That's even a further step. <laughs> you know, so that's what we're doing now. Yeah. Like, that's that's what it is. Huh? That's hey, one one thing that is nice to see is that uh, Biden and DeSantis are temporarily playing nice. Finally. Yeah. yeah. It didn't happen in the beginning. No. Wasn't it? Now. And, and this is another thing. I listened to I listened to some of the clips of one of the calls that Biden made. Biden was calling like the cities that he likes. Right. And talking, if you need any resources, just let me know. Like, here's the thing. I would boy, I'm sure you're gonna give me shit for saying this one. I would think that there is some kind of chain of command here that the federal government shouldn't be calling cities and asking what kind of help that they need because that should be running through the state of Florida. Yeah, it's all politicized. And, but the fact that you would go around them only goes to show your your uh, your partisan nature. Right. Like you're just an old hack at this point. Right. Like, you know, like... Look, the only reason that they're playing nice is because they know that... Because they got t- called out for not being playing nice. Exactly. And they know that during times of tragedy, the American people like them to stand on the, the steps and hold hands and sing uh, God Bless America. Well, it, look, here's the thing. Look, we got a lot of people in trouble right now, so you so you, you better figure out a way to work together. Right. Exactly. And they are, which is good. You know, there's... Eventually they start yeah, to you. But they're slow. I mean, you know, here's the thing. Um, Bush got a shitload of, uh, you know, criticism uh, during Katrina for not responding fast enough. GW. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. The president. Yeah. Right. Who the hell are you thinking? Of? Oh, like Jeb. Jeb? Bush. Okay. Yeah. Because um, we're talking about hurricanes. We're hurricanes in Florida. Yeah. Uh, so, but, you know, the, the federal response has been, you know, not really here yet. You know, I mean, some of the local Coast Guard. Uh, is here helping out, uh, you know, rescuing yeah, people but, off those but, islands. But here's the thing: but for though, the most part, it's it's uh, civilians doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, civilians and state government. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I mean, it's it's irritating that this comes into play, but it totally comes into play. And to watch the media like just drool over the fact that this is happening, I almost feel like they're excited. Like I almost feel like that they're actually aroused. Well, I've I've got to honestly admit something. Um, and it's kind of a weird thing to admit, but part of me is pretty disappointed that we didn't get this storm. 
Uh, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I, I know you're not. I know I, you're not. But <laughs> and it, maybe you're, it's maybe it's just I just want to see the world burn. But I was fully prepared for you know total destruction in Tampa Bay. I was fully prepared for my roof to come off. Yeah, and I was kind of rooting for it. Yeah, I mean, is that just yeah, that's bad? Is that just that's, bizarre? Yeah. I mean, part of me, it wasn't like. I'm going to say a third of me was like that. Fuck, a third? Yeah, may, maybe half. Oh, my God. <laughs> it might have been 50-50 with me. Oh, my God. But, I, and, <laughs> but I've talked to other people, and I'm not totally alone in this. No, you know what I'm look, saying? There's a lot of watch it burn. There's, there's there. Well, not only that, and God, this is going to sound strange, but I actually thrive in crisis situations. Yeah. I thrive when survival is at stake yeah and i don't know why that is and so part of me is always you know look part of me is going to be spending the afternoon putting the plants back outside and setting up the lawn furniture again you know what i'm saying but the other half is thinking i would almost rather be you know trying to find you know reasonable shelter and food and potable water at this point you know and working in a wasteland yeah it, you know you just want to you want to yeah yeah I, I i don't agree with you but i hear what you're saying and part of me would like to see uh you know this be a giant exodus of all the fucking yankees and fucking californias and fucking midwesterners who have invaded my home i think you're i think i think it might stop a little bit of the people coming in <laughs> hopefully hopefully because there's a lot of people here's the thing there's a lot of people live in florida right now that hadn't lived in florida in a hurricane before right now that have seen one yeah and if you lived look if you lived in tampa area again you don't you didn't really feel the effects too bad of it right you got the scare factor though right and then you saw what happened in fort myers right that might be one of those things where oh maybe tennessee ain't looking so bad yeah well my daughter-in-law who is from tennessee um is uh totally totally wigged out over it you know she was just totally freaking out and she says that tornadoes are much better than hurricanes you know me i'm totally the other way you don't really have any heads you up got for a no tornado. heads up for a tornado and it's and yeah. those look while the while the area for, we actually had this conversation last night while the area for destruction on tornadoes sometimes is a lot smaller than what it would be for hurricanes you have way more heads up for a hurricane right you can prepare a lot better for a hurricane you've got and, time to get out of the way if you want yeah, to. yeah 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 so like her hurricanes are not as bad as tornadoes right now don't get me wrong hurricanes can spawn tornadoes that's well, not a only that, problem. a Cat 4 or Cat 5 hurricane does the same kind of damage within, you know, maybe 10, 20 miles of the eye wall yeah. uh, that an actual F3, F4 tornado would do. Yeah. So it's as destructive on a much larger scale, but still just knowing that you have days or at least hours of lead time, yeah. whereas a tornado is just like... It's, it's on you. Yeah. By the time you could react, it's probably gone. Yeah. About, <laughs> about all you got time to do is get in a basement. And if you've lived or in Florida, duck. you know there ain't no basements. Yes. Yeah, duck. That's it. <laughs> right. Jump down on the floor. Find a ditch. And pray. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, again, the, this, the hurricane talk, I mean, we've kind of we've gone through hey, the whole look, thing. Look, it consumed but. our entire week is why. Yeah. Essentially, if you were in Florida this week 
everything about this week was about the hurricane. Yes. Um, and for some of those folks, everything for the next year is going to be about the hurricane. Yeah, because there's yeah. some people that really got hurt bad. Yeah. So if you yeah, can find so. a way to help, then go ahead. God bless you guys. I, yeah, I wish I could you know, think of something to do. I'm going to donate some money to the Red Cross, of course. And, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about going down there, like we said, but it's like I feel like I'd just be in the way. If I had a boat, it'd be a different story. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So be part of, part of the Dunkirk yeah. yeah operation dynamo exactly yeah because that's that's necessary right now all right so let's move on um we'll uh we've only got about uh, eight minutes left in in this first hour we have we'll enough get, time for this we one. have enough time for this so if you haven't heard um the nord stream one and two pipelines which is actually four separate pipelines nord stream one has two lines and nord stream two has two lines was sabotaged this week um Basically, someone blew up three of the four pipelines, mm-hmm. um, and it was definitely deliberately sabotaged. Yes. No doubt about that. There were these explosions. Now, the pipeline wasn't actually delivering gas, uh, and it's a pipeline from Russia to Germany. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't actually delivering gas, but it was fully pressurized. But it was cut off because of the sanctions and all that, you know, so it wasn't currently delivered. Well, I think one of them hadn't opened yet. It was scheduled to open and they didn't. And the other one, they just shut down. Um, But somebody blew them up. And the question at this point, who was it? You know, was it Russia? Was it the United States? Was it Ukraine? Was it the European Union? Was it Officer Barbrady? We don't know, you know, but it's interesting because Pretty much all of those people had reasons that they would do it and reasons that they wouldn't do it. You know, this is really, you know, normally something like this happens and it's like, it's like, oh, well, clearly it was this people. They benefited. They had the motive, you know, to saying it's, they did it in this situation. I can't figure out who it is. I got one suspicion, but first let's look at Russia. Okay, would Putin blow up this pipeline? Well, first of all, it's essentially majority owned by Gazprom, which is technically a private company, but it's very much aligned with the Putin regime. Yeah. Okay. So he's got a huge vested personal interest because just like the mafia, he gets kickback from all these projects. Okay. He's he's on the payroll, essentially. Um, but also Germany, I think uh, Denmark, Sweden, all also have a stake in this pipeline. So they're also investors in this. So, you know, it kind of it would be weird for any of them to destroy this pipeline. Right now, it's actually leaking natural gas. It's creating like this frothy area of natural gas. that's highly explosive in the middle of the Baltic Sea. Yeah. You know, and so there's a cordon around it. You know, ships can't come within miles of it. Um, but. I, I don't think that Putin had anything to do with this. Okay. Now it's in 300 feet of water. So the technical challenges, there are some technical challenges of doing it, but even a technical diver could actually get down there. You wouldn't necessarily need a submarine. You wouldn't necessarily need a submersible. Yeah. So, so the infrastructure that you need in order to accomplish this act of uh, sabotage could be done by not, just about anyone. Yeah. It's not yeah. great. All right. So Russia, the Putin administration, probably not United States. Well, look, they obviously want to disrupt the flow of natural gas to Europe. Well, because they're putting a, uh, they're putting a pipeline in too. Right. But by the same token, 
if they were to do this and get caught, it would completely fracture native NATO. Uh, it would completely, you know, just eliminate all the the goodwill and togetherness that NATO, the European Union, the U.S. currently have. I think even though they would have some interest in doing it, the consequences of it were just too great, just way too great. There's there's no way that it would make sense for the United States to do this. Okay, so I'm going to actually rule out the United States just like I've ruled out the Putin regime. Okay, Ukraine, no, no way, because they don't have any real benefit. Well, they're a little busy right now. They're a little busy. They probably don't have the resources. Well, and if they got caught, boy. And if they got caught, all aid to them dries up. You know, they're so done. The risk to them would be way too high for them to even consider yeah. it. And they got bigger fish to fry anyway. Okay. Um, the European Union doesn't really make any sense. It just, you well, know. No, because they need the gas flowing. They again. need the gas. But again, they weren't taking the gas. They were finding other sources. So they well, were actually but, solving the but problem. Here's the thing, though, that, that gas, though, I think was excluded from the sanctions and Putin turned it off. Uh, I think you might be right. I think you might be right. So, so Putin, and again, that's another reason to exclude the Putin regime is because he already turned it off. So why would he blow it up, too? He just well, turned, he it off. turned it off, though. So why wouldn't he blow it up? Right. Now, Here's who I think it might be. Here's who I think it might be. I think it actually might be a subgroup of Russian hardliners. Because it's not the oligarchs, because, you know, they're all working together trying to salvage their fortunes. Yeah. They don't care about this geopolitical shit. They just want it all you to be over. You think it's a hardline old I think old it's Soviets. the hardline old Soviets. All right. You know? But, but without Putin, though. Well, here's the thing. Putin is going to have to deal with it. Because he's about to lose power to either the hardliners or the oligarchs. And he knows both of them have a target on his back. Yeah. So the fact that the hardliners did it, now he's going to have to do his best to blame the U.S. for it. Okay, so he which there is some stuff there, too, though, but they didn't do it. The risk were just the risks are too high. They it wouldn't be worth it. There's no way in hell that we would actually do that okay. because there's not enough benefit there for us. If there was a significant benefit. But OK, now, trust me, the, the, the sanctions were CIA Europe. No, no, there's no benefit, you know, and the risk is huge. It could completely fracture the alliance. All right. <clears throat> so I think it's the hardliners, and I think the reason that it is, is they wanted to create a false flag that they could br- blame the U.S., even if it was only for their domestic population, in order to expand the um, the war to NATO. Essentially, they want to take the war to NATO, which is <laughs> suicidal in my book. However, it also brings us to another area, which... I've been saying for a while that the Russians won't use a tactical nuclear weapon in Ukraine because the consequences would just be so severe to them. Yeah. And they know this. And Putin knows this. However, I think that there's at least some hardliners inside the Russian government at this point that want that to happen. So it's really I actually I I think the risk of a nuclear uh, exchange has gone up some. I'm going to put it up to about 25% at this point mm-hmm. because of this event, because the hardliners, it seems to be, are starting to already take control. And instead of Putin putting them down, he's essentially going with it. Yeah. Which tells me maybe there there might even be a backroom deal 
that says, look, this is what you're doing. We're doing Putin. And if you want to stay in power, this is how it's going to go. But we're going to talk about that and much more in the second hour. If you'd like to join us in the second hour, go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage, sign up, become a subscriber. And uh, not only do you get to hear the second hour of the show, you also get a whole bunch of swag. You get uh, this is not a bomb duffel bag. You still get those? Yes. yes. Anarchist Guild coin. Got it. Challenge coin. Got it. Uh, a copy of my book and a whole bunch of other stuff. We'll see you on the other side. <laughs> 